It is Friday, August 11th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well as we get you all set for the baseball weekend. What is what is that you're wearing? It looks it's fascinating. It's another perforated kind of a football jersey from my friend's brand, Polite. Oh. And I actually have matching. Look at this. Oh. Matching cute. shorts on as well. I feel I feel kind of like athletic right now. I'm actually going to go play tennis and golf after this. Both at the same time? No. No. Oh, that would tennis, be really impressive. Golf. In between points, you know, when it's like 15 love, hit a far iron. That'd be pretty good. Uh, like eight-year-old Trevor would have kicked me in the shins for saying ah. golf and tennis. What a loser! Go yeah. ride your bike in the dirt trails and go go play some ball, bro. Speaking of ball, dude has been balling out. Gets a tip of the cap today. Matt Olson continues to mash a losing effort. Good series by the Pirates. Good for them. But Matt Olson, good for you as he ties Shohei Otani for the most homers in baseball by blasting number forty. That is a career high for him. 50 is definitely within sights. You can smell it just a bit. Dare I say that when he signed that eight-year, $168 million extension after getting traded from Oakland to his hometown team, he shortchanged himself, but I think he did a little bit. I think he did too. I mean, this guy is an absolute menace on both sides of the ball, and he's a good-looking dude. Uh, Brave split a four-gamer with the Pirates. Um, but they're fine. You're going to ask me a question in a little bit. I'm about to talk about the Braves. Got it. No problem. But good for you, dude. Tip of the cap. Nice guy, too. Matt Olson. Super, super classy. All right. Uh, the Dodgers, who have been on a nice, nice run here in the second half of the season, got another great performance from their future Hall of Famer. Clayton Kershaw, he returned and was spectacular. Gave up just one run in five innings. Dodgers end up taking down the Rockies. You pair that with the fact that Walker Bueller, I think he threw down at Petco off the mound. He's starting to get there. He's going to play some sort of role on this team in September and then October when they get to the postseason party. Is it possible that L.A. is in the best position of any team out there to make it to the World Series? Oh, oh boy. Um, any team out there or any NL team out there? Because I thought this was an NL question. Uh, if you want to make it NL, that's fine. That's fine. But I mean, if you want to broaden it, that's fine too. I don't necessarily think they're in a better position than, say, the Braves. Um, I would even add the Phillies in there. I really believe in the Phillies. I think the Astros are there. I think the Rangers are there. Even the Mariners. I'm telling I you, agree. I, I think, I think the Mariners are going to be. I think they're going to have a really good end of the Let's season. Save them for I think minute. they're going to do some things in the playoffs the this year. Okay, but I ne- I need you to pick one. I know which teams are in the mix. Well, no, you asked me. You asked me. Do they have the? Well, you asked me. Do they have the best chance? And I'll say no. I think there's other teams that have a better chance. I I, I think the, I think it's the Braves. I think they're they're the most well-rounded team okay. in baseball. And I would even put, I would even put, the Astros ahead of them just because track record and the trajectory they're on right now, I would still put the Braves and the Astros at least on the same tier as the Dodgers, if not a little bit ahead. Okay. So you answered the question. That's all I cared about is that you answered the question. You? 
I'm going to say no because I still feel like there's some prove it to me. Prove it to me that Walker Bueller can contribute. And by the way, this is why you have to join us on the AMP app every day. So download it on your iPhone. You'll listen to us live. Robert was nice enough to correct me. It wasn't at Petco where he threw. It was in Arizona. So uh, we're talking about Walker Bueller. So thank you for contributing there, Robert. Um, so I want to see Bueller. I'm, I've always been a big fan of his, and he's spectacular in the playoffs, but I don't know what he's going to give him. I know Lance Lynn has been unbelievable so far. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I know the guy's done it in his career, but this year he's been so all over the place that I want to see it consistently against good teams uh, the rest of the season. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, they have found a perfect spot for him. They play him at second base. He's not going to destroy you at shortstop defensively. Uh, he has done a nice job. And Kike's come up with a couple of clutch hits since he came back. So I feel like they've done a nice job, but I would agree with you. I still think the Atlanta Braves are they're going to be the toughest team to knock off. They're going to be the toughest team. Yeah, they're relentless. I mean, you could say that about – I mean, these top teams, I think, uh, really have separated themselves from the pack. But again, the, you, you get into the playoffs in a, in a three-game set and then a five-game set, like really anything can happen. If you lose a pivotal game on a bad hop or an air or a bad call, I mean, all these things change the momentum. So, like, even though we're talking about the Braves, the Dodgers, the Astros – um, as teams, oh yeah, they're just gonna run through it. That isn't, you know, that's not the case. Like you know, like they're going to, they're gonna have to earn it um, to get to the World Series. It's very difficult to, but I think we're, I think we're in agreement. I think there's like three or four teams that are kind of all on the same tier there. Yeah. So if I were to put my rankings in terms of most confident getting to the World Series, Atlanta would be one, the Dodgers would be two. Um, Houston would be three, and then uh, who would be four? Baltimore, Baltimore, think. Baltimore Rangers are they're kind of right there. Yeah, Phillies, Phillies, Phillies are interesting. I don't think I could make them a definite, but you know what? I'll make them four. I'm gonna. Make I them love four. the Phillies, man. I do. Too. I love the Phillies. I'll make them uh, oh, four. Bryce Harper, he got scratched last night. Hopefully yeah. he's just okay, right? Yep. A little bit of a bulky back, I believe, is what he's got. Yeah. All right. Um, This is going to be a fun one. Bruce Bochy returns to San Francisco for the first time since walking away uh, from the Bay Area following the 2019 season. If, there's a big if, Bruce Bochy leads the Rangers to their first ever World Series championship. Will he be considered the best manager of the last several decades and there have been some damn good ones so that would make number four for him correct we got three with the giants 10 12 14 get another one with the rangers in his first year who yeah you know he's like he's up there in the managerial win column already i think dusty baker's the only active manager with more wins than him correct me if i'm wrong i think that's correct uh, the four titles, yeah, I think that puts him above people. I was ready to defend a Terry Francona, who I think is a lot of people would probably name before Bochi. Just if you just ask people who they thought the best manager has been, I think a lot of people would say Tito. Um, but those four World Series, if they are to win this year, 
I don't think you can overlook those. I think that's kind of, you know, the, the win total, it's there for him. Um, and if you just looked at that, you could have him in the discussion. But when you pair that with the four dubs, yeah. And several decades. That I mean, that's that's a long time period. But I, th- I think I think he'd be right. I think he'd be right and say you could. A lot of people might say Bobby Cox, um, for all the consistency that he had. But those four World Series, if Bochy gets one this year, I think puts him at the top. Yes. What do you think his record is? His regular season record? What win percentage between San Diego, uh, all, San Francisco, and now Texas? All these guys that have these. Uh, it's all around 500, like a little bit above 500, I would say. 500. Straight up 500. He's like, I think he's got like five more losses maybe than wins or something like that. So he's been to um, four World Series. He went to one in 98 with San Diego and then won the three with San Francisco. Joe Torre went to six, won four. Tony LaRusso went to six, won three. Bobby Cox went to five and won one. Tito has been to three as one, two. Um, Bochi, though, managed some teams that offensively, you sit there and you scratch your head like, how the hell did they win? How did they win? He And part of that is he manipulated the bullpen to yeah. perfection. And I know that you are a guy who you don't love giving managers – a lot of credit, and I understand. I do that. in that regard. No, I do in that regard. That's the one thing that they have to do is manage a bullpen. And so, to me, the fact that he was able to do that in 10, 12, and 14, and he had three different guys standing on the mound when they won those, that means something. It wasn't like every year, right? They had Wetland in 96, and then it was mow the rest of the way. Sometimes when you have when you have three in a five-year period and it's three different guys, it was Wilson, then it was Romo, and then it was Bumgarner, that's special. means the guy has his, you know, his hand on the pulse of a team. Um, Are you not considering Joe Torrey for this? Um, so because neither of, us, neither of us mentioned him, and I think a lot of people would point to him too. You mentioned the four World Series. I would say... It was kind of just get out of the way, especially in hindsight. In the moment, you're like, yeah, he's a great manager. But then you really look back on these rosters and how many Hall of Famers were on these rosters. And, and you know, you, you mentioned the closer situation there. Like that is obviously means something to not have to figure all that out. So I, you have to mention Joe Torrey. You do. Well, you have to mention him, but I think it's a great question, which is how much did he mean? You know, and Bobby Cox, when people, it pisses me off when people say, well, he only won one. I mean, the guy won, what, 14 straight division titles? Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing, amazing. stuff. And to get to five World Series, well, he only won one. Okay, so for a week, his team wasn't as good as the other one. How many times was he definitely better than the other team that beat him? I don't know. Bochi, yeah, Bochi, I think... You have to remember like the teams that he had, 10, 12, 14, the characters on those teams. I mean, Tim Lincecum. We can just say it, like just kind of like a hippie, like pothead dude that won Cy Young's, like the freak. Like that was an interesting personality. You have um Brian Wilson. Yep. You have uh what's the guy? Pat the Bat. Pat Burrell. 
Pat Burrell, like Aubrey just Huff. Some, Aubrey Huff. You have some crazy type personalities that you have to to go. And then you have Buster Posey, who like is the opposite of that, like the right. nicest regular guy. And all of those together, I mean, Sergio Romo is a hilarious personality. Like he really got all those guys, uh, you know, rowing in the same direction, if you will. So I, he's definitely up there. So the last one I would mention, and I think it's just kind of a fun topic here, is Larusa. Do you think he was over or underrated, underappreciated? Was Tony Larusa over or underappreciated? I think he was appreciated, just like right overrated amount. or underappreciated. I don't think he's. I think he's appreciated the right amount. I don't think he's overappreciated or underappreciated. I think a lot of people understand what he did as a manager and how long he managed a three World Series. Um, he's second all time in, in wins next to Connie Mack, who nobody's ever going to touch. So it, it's it, some of the shine has worn off of Tony LaRusso because he can't, he shouldn't have, he should never have came back. Also, he shouldn't have been drunk at a stoplight. That was bad for you, too. Yep. Terrible. Uh, I guess if I had to vote, if Bochi wins a fourth, I think I do put him above everybody else. I would very close, though. I think Tito is right after him. I know I'm Me biased, too. but man, what what he's done. You talk about managing characters. Shit, to get Boston to two world championships in four mm-hmm. seasons after they hadn't won one in 86 years. And then to do what he's done in Cleveland, you know, with no payroll whatsoever. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. All right, I want to welcome everybody to the world of sports cards reimagined. Whether you're a brand new collector, pretty much like me, or have shoeboxes full of cards in your attic, kind of like my man Trevor Plouffe, the Sports Card Investor app will completely change the way that you buy, sell, and collect. You can actually jumpstart your collection by finding the best prices on cards of your favorite players, helping to build a -a one-of-a-kind collection and save some dough along the way. Here's a nice thing. You easily track the value of your favorite cards. You find the best prices with eBay deals and see which players are on the rise, all from the palm of your hand. I tell you, I check my stock investments every day just by clicking an app. You can do the same here. With up-to-date sales data on over 2 million cards, you always know exactly what your collection is worth and when to buy or sell. Where's it available, Rose, you might ask? Well, it's available for free in Google Play and the App Store, Reimagine how you collect and download the Sports Card Investor app today. Have you checked your collection lately? I have. I actually went and dug out some Ellie De La Cruz rookies. I told you that about a week ago I did that. Really? Yeah. Hey, step it up, Ellie. His uh, swing and miss percentage is not great. We mentioned the Mariners a little bit earlier. What is a bigger deal that the Mariners have won seven in a row to work their way back within a game and a half of the wild card chase, or that the Diamondbacks haven't won a freaking game since the deadline? They've dropped eight in a row, but they're still within sniffing distance. They are two and a half out. Well, Jake Storiali is in Arizona. He's about to save the season, so forget about that losing streak. You're about to go on a heater. I think it's the Mariners anyway. Um, you know, at the deadline, we were looking like, what'd you do? Why are you trading Paul Seawald? This guy has been great for you. Uh, they shipped into Arizona. He hasn't been great for them. And they knew what they had with this team. They, they were so, they've been so close all year long. They've had, they have everything you need 
to be a really, really good team in this league. And now they're starting to catch on. If you take away their June, they had a really bad June, Chris. They went 9-15 and 15 in June for a 375 winning percentage. Uh, but other than that, uh, May, they wanted a 600 clip. July, they wanted a 650 clip. August, they're 7-1 and one in this month. So, like, they've, they've played good baseball. Like one bad month, and now you look at the roster, and we talk about complete rosters. Now, I know some of these guys haven't performed offensively where they need to be, but I think that's that offense is in there, and the pitching staff is good. The bullpen is good. They play defense. Like, this is a team that, if they put it all together, could be mentioned with some of those teams that we talked about in that first question. And they've shown that right now. And I think they're getting hot right at the right time. Plus, their schedule going forward is they play the Royals a bunch. I think they still have games against the A's, too. This is a team that we all got to look at. And all their fans were saying, we got to pronounce us dead. And I never thought that this year. I never felt that this year from them. Um, and I think they're proving me right now. So I'll say that's the bigger deal. And this is definitely a team to watch going forward over the next you know six weeks here. They're scary. They're the team that everybody that's kind of solidified themselves in the American League, Houston, Texas, um, Baltimore, is saying, please don't make the playoffs. Please don't make the playoffs. Right, they had another kid, Emerson Hancock, who came up and pitched a gym yep. in his debut. It just feels like they've got young guy after young guy that's come up over the last year and has done something special. Now, the thing that does worry if they do get to the playoffs is the fact that they strike out so much. They just strike out so much, but they also have seven guys that have double digit homers. So when they barrel it, it's going to go. Um, I I dig them a lot. As far as Arizona goes, I feel for them. I like them. This is this isn't unexpected. If you had told me that in the middle of August that Arizona would be two and a half games out of the wild card chase, that would be the shocking thing. Not that they've fallen this far. Mm-hmm. The way I see it. Okay, I, I, way, I agree. Okay, could Jake Storiali have picked a worse time to go there? Hey guys, Jake Suggs no, I, is here. I, I honestly think it's the perfect time because really? it's like you need something, something to take their mind off of this losing streak. I know it's like, oh, you you want to think as a fan, guys are in like, let's get down to business, let's end this losing streak. But really, it's like you're kind of sad. The energy isn't there, so you need you need some energy to come, and if. If Jake Storiali has anything in this life, it's yeah, energy. That's true. So he I hope he goes in there and infuses that clubhouse and that fan base with a little bit of that energy. Let's play the big what-if game. What if, uh, starting on August 11th, the Diamondbacks go on a roll and use this as their trampoline to make it to October? Does he get voted a playoff share? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No? <laughs> no. How could you deny him a playoff share? If you he know they do. Money? They might send him a, a thank you card and a and a jersey. We well, already got a jersey, but you jersey. know he ain't getting a playoff share. They listen. Playoff shares are protected. Those are some of the funnest meetings you can have, oh. and I only had a few of them. But you get in around, you get around, and you say, "All right, here's what we're doing. Here's the people for sure that are getting full shares." Then you start to talk about the rookies. 
and then you start to talk about the security guards and all those. It's it's a lot of fun, man. Because you could change a person's life by just yeah, saying they get a full share. You also find out because I've heard about some of those meetings. You also find out who the tightwads are. Who you're like, the fuck's the matter with you, bro? You don't want a lot to get of money? a lot of guys are like that. That's tough. That is tough. You're right, though. I love it that you look at it that way. With the, you can change somebody's life. You know, you could be like Tay Tay and give your uh your bus drivers a hundred grand each. You know, little things. Uh, Cleveland back within three and a half games of your mighty Minnesota Twins. Aaron Savali will face his former squad tonight down in Tampa. Meanwhile, Josh Bell has over a one dot since he got traded to Miami. And Ahmed Rosario playing very well for the Dodgers. Do you think that now that Cleveland is kind of back in this thing after a few days, that they regret those moves? Uh, yeah, and the guys in the clubhouse 100% don't like those moves and they wish they had those players on the team. But I don't think they're back into it. I don't think they're going to uh, be there at the end of the year. I just don't. And it's not because I think the Twins are just so good and they're going to run away with the thing. They just lost three or four to the freaking Tigers where they couldn't hit because you all. did the series. That's, that's not – that's no, it's not. I've been – I've been – my record is fine. Uh, on the games that I worked. But, you know, I just, yeah, of course they regret it, dude. Like, they were right there, and you traded away some players that are impactful for your team. Now, I understand you've already talked to me about the reasons they did this and, you know, the injuries that brought up the young guys who were on pitch limits and they look at the roster and they're not going to compete with the big boys. Like, fuck that, dude. Like, yes, they regret it, and they wish they had those guys back because they could probably be sitting in first place right now. If they still had those guys, like there's no, like the twins, they had a nice little run. They won five games in a row, but now they've lost three in a row to the tigers. And now they're going to play the Phillies. And like they it's the division was up for grabs and they walked away from it. I think the twins are 100% going to win the division only because I think your guardians gave it to them. Hmm. So, the organization doesn't regret it, not one bit, and nor should they from this standpoint. I understand why fans were upset, and I understand why the players in the clubhouse were upset. But part of the reason that they were mired in mediocrity throughout the season was because Ahmed Rosario had a sub-700 OPS and had the worst defensive metrics of any shortstop in baseball, and they continued to play him there. Do you notice where he's playing for the Dodgers? You just mentioned it, second base. He's playing second base, and he sees a lot of action against left-handed pitching, where his OPS has consistently been over 800. Well, why didn't the Guardians because uh, they, put Andres Jimenez at shortstop then? That's not the way they wanted to roll. They've got, a, they've got so many shortstops in their minor league system. They knew that Rosario was not going to be a part of this team moving forward. But that for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because he's Jose's best friend and they were worried about what Jose would think about it, that they were reluctant to move off of him. At some point. And they were also paying him over $7 million a year. They're not a team that eats a lot of cash, although this year they did with Zanino and, and well, Josh Bell, they ended up saving money on that deal. That, that's the other thing. Like Josh Bell, yeah. he hit Homer. He became the first Marlin to ever hit homers from both sides of the plate in the same game. He's a great dude and I'm happy for him. But if he had done that a little bit more often, they wouldn't have had to look elsewhere. And then they probably would be in first place. So it's one thing to say, Hey, why are we getting rid of all of our veterans? But the veterans were playing like shit. 
not Savali. Savali was unbelievable. And if you had told me at the top, beginning of the year we were going to get a top 40 major league prospect for him, I would have been like, sign me up. How are we doing that? But the rest of these guys that they left behind, Gavin Williams, Logan Allen, Tanner Bybee, go ask the Blue Jays how good those kids are. They're really good. They're really good. I get it, Chris. But you're telling me right now that the Guardians team is the same or better without these guys? I'm calling BS. Uh. No, because they didn't get anybody for Josh Bell that's helping them at the present time. It cleared money for next season. Noah Syndergaard has actually been pretty good in his three starts. Yeah. You know, um, but that's it. Yeah, their team won't be better this year because of it. But it might, what it might do is allow some young guys to have to grow up under the pressure of a pennant chase. And that could help them in 2024. And who knows? It might help them this year. I don't think what's, they're out of it. What's nut? I think they are, Chris. Okay. Uh, what's nuts to me is, you know, the run they went on last year and when nobody was expecting them to do anything. And they were in the same position this year. And they just punted, dude. I know the, I know some of the guys aren't performing the way they did last year, but they were in the same position standings-wise. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair to call it a punt. I really don't. It's a, a smart punt. How about that? An angled punt. They angled it. Sam Martin, <laughs> shout out my guy, punter. Nice, Sam Martin. Uh, Padres minor leaguer Ethan Salas has cracked the MLB pipeline top five prospects, which doesn't sound like much until you realize he is 17 years old. 17. What were you doing at age 17? That would have impressed everyone. I'm the wrong guy to ask this question. <laughs> so That's why I asked it. <laughs> At 17, I was getting drafted uh, 20th overall by the Minnesota. Oh, boy. So I was doing something. Um, no, I mean, this is incredible. We've, we've seen the clips of him uh, at 16. Uh, that was this year. Or was that last year that he was 16? Did he just turn 17? I think so. But we've seen this guy, and it is impressive, and he's gotten – he had a big signing bonus. Um, there should be a lot of uh, hype around him because to be able to be in pro ball and kind of you know holding your own at 17 is very, very impressive. It really is. Talk man, more so. about you. I want to talk more about you. No. How, were, were you drafted where you thought you were going to be drafted, or was there talk about you going higher? Uh, I think the highest that I had got talked about going was 11th to the Padres or to the Pirates, excuse oh, me. And they ended up going Neil with Neil Walker. Walker. Yeah, we had a we had a one on one workout, just Neil and I, and I they went with him. And then after that, I, I it was somewhere around. I think the Yankees said they were going to take me at like 23 or 25 or something. So, or no, they excuse me, the A's were going to take me at that pick. So the A's went, uh, the Yankees went 23 with Phil Hughes and 24, the A's took Landon Powell, the catcher. I think that, yeah, the A's said they were going to take me at 24, but then the Twins took me at 20. Yeah. So the Twins had two picks within, it was a bunch more than that. Three. Well, no, no, no. It was uh, you at 20 and then Glenn Perkins at 22. And then Jay Rainville. That's interesting. This is not a great draft. I got to be honest with you. It was no. Year. It was well. There was Dustin Pedroia was in there. Uh, Jared well, Weaver was in there. I got the guy who went second. How about the guy who went second overall? 
Who went second? Matt Bush was one. Who went two? Justin Verlander. Oh, Verlander. Okay, yeah. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. But uh, only a handful of guys made the all-star team. Verlander in the first round. Weaver, Billy Butler, Glenn Perkins, Phil Hughes. Yep. Oh, there you go. Um, so I was doing some things at 17. Now, you know, I got in the pro ball and really I realized quickly that I had a lot of work to do, no doubt about it. Want to know what I was doing at 17? What were you doing? Uh, so I wasn't as smart as my classmates. I went to a very high-end private school here in Cleveland called University School. And I knew that the only way I was going to get into a decent college that I wanted to was do as much shit outside of the classroom as possible. So I was a student body president. I was the oh. editor of a newspaper. I played saxophone in the jazz band. I managed two sports. I tried to do as much stuff as possible. So that was that. Nice, bro. Go. Yeah. We would have been friends, you and I. I got along with like most of the groups back then, but I was kind of caught in the middle. I wasn't like a... I didn't party, but I hung out with the partiers. I wasn't a jock, but I hung out with the jocks. I yeah. wasn't a nerd, but I hung out with the nerds. So I was I was kind of like the, um, I don't know. Everyone loves you, bro. We no, get no, it. it wasn't that. It was uh, They didn't love me, but they didn't hate me. I was voted um, <laughs> by the senior class funniest and thought he was funniest, which is a tough. Yep. It's a tough combo. It's they nailed accurate. it. Your they senior class it. nailed it. Yeah, they did. They got it pretty good. Um, so there you go. All right, listen, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful sporting weekend. And we're going to be back at this Monday and Tuesday. Jolly's helping me out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday when I have to hit the road again. Um, But that's that, man. Let's have a good weekend. Okay? Let's have a good weekend, peeps. Yeah. yeah go snakes, it. go. Go snakes, go. Come on, Jake. Do Sprinkle a little magic on those guys or whatever else you might have brought from the East Coast. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the always entertaining, who would have been my friend in high school, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday on Baseball 2.